0: Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important faith, family, and community. What's up, everybody? We are here back with another uh, installment of our walkthrough of the book of Proverbs. We are on chapter 19, so we're going to dive right in. Go check out the first 18 chapters. If you are uh, curious and want to learn and grow from the wisdom that God has laid out for us in His Word, hit us up on all of the different services—from YouTube to Spotify, the website breadbreakers.com, Connect with us uh, on a local level uh, or across the world, really, on Facebook. And um, you know, we can make this community uh, great—a great place to be, a great thing—and and we can. Work with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ's kingdom. So chapter 19, Proverbs, here we go. I'm in the ESV, and uh, verse 1. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Verse 3, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. So we're three verses in, and we're already just diving straight into some of the most important elements uh, when it comes to principles of God's kingdom. The first being, we need to be people of integrity, right? Character, that's who you are. When Nobody's looking, nobody's watching. You're not worried about the you know negative ramifications if you sort of let your hair down and just kind of, you know, be, be who you are and act how you want to act. And we need to be people who at base are people of integrity, not people who are, you know, as the scriptures put it here, crooked in speech, you know, uh, hypocritical. We, we just don't, that is not a good thing. Really, even outside of the kingdom of God, it's just not a good way to do business. Uh, people who do not have integrity usually are, you know, pretty, pretty quickly found out and they... They pay the price, right? Uh, Loss of customers, loss of business, loss of relationships. It's just uh, on and on and on. And so we need to be people of high integrity, high integrity. Then verse 2, you know, desire without knowledge is not good right when we just want stuff we just we just have these things but you know we're going to pursue things we're going to go we're going to go after it man but we don't we don't know much about it we don't have understanding we certainly don't have wisdom we can go off and ruin decades of our life uh on nonsense and the scriptures are trying to prevent that we are we are here we have a purpose we are uh image bearers of almighty god he has a purpose for us, and we need to uh, walk in wisdom to fulfill that purpose. And God doesn't want us w- you know, wasting a decade pursuing some trivial, nonsensical um, uh, desire of our own heart. And we don't even have the knowledge to understand what we're, what we're doing, uh, what He wants, or anything like that. And it says, whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way, right? In other words, take care, be careful, slow, be mature, be balanced. These are the things we need to really consider. So in verse 3, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. And I can tell you uh, from my time and working with people, um, working as a pastor in an official capacity, but also just... Again, with no quote-unquote, you know, official title or anything like that, just working with people over the years, I can tell you this is completely true, right? We, we get ourselves into trouble. We, we are paying for things that, you know, we made the bad decision. We didn't seek the Lord. We quote-unquote sought the Lord, but really it was just our own desire and our own will, uh, and we just went hastily into something. And then what? Do we do? We reflect and go, whoa, I'm not going to do that again. Next time I'll get you know, wise, godly counsel. Next time I'll really seek the Scriptures and find out the mind of God. No. What we do is we rage against God. Oh, I, there, there, there can't be a God, or I thought God was loving, or how could God, you know, let this happen? When really, if we would have thought about that prior to the bad decision, we could have stepped in the right direction. So, you know, beginning of Proverbs, early on, we talked about how the scriptures say in all all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So a lot of people will say, oh, you know, God directs my paths. In all our ways, we're supposed to acknowledge Him and then He will direct our paths, right? There's an if-then there. And so we need to uh, be people who seek the Lord in our decision-making processes, not just you know, pray over our meal and go to church on a Sunday and then not really give God much um, much thought otherwise. So verse 4 says, Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. Uh, not necessarily th- that that's the way it should be, but uh, yeah, that's generally the way, <laughs> the way it's going to be, right? Um, and of course, friends who, quote-unquote friends, who come just because of wealth or just because of material things, you know, those aren't necessarily true friends. But we need to realize that, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't put a premium on being poor. Uh, The beatitude of Jesus Christ is poor in spirit. It doesn't say, you know, blessed are the poor um, because it's not blessed to be poor, uh, monetarily, I mean. In fact, many times in the book of Proverbs, for instance, uh, we'll see links between wisdom and poverty, right? When people are perpetually poor, you know, is there a decision-making thing going on there? Like, what's what? why is that the case? Especially in cultures that value individual freedom, that value the ability to, like, work hard and make, you know, maybe take risks and get great reward or whatever it is. You know, there's not a whole lot of... Uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to make excuses and why you are perpetually poor. Now, yeah, you might go take a huge risk and it just doesn't pan out. You worked hard and it didn't work out like you thought and you get set back and there's, you know, you got to kind of bounce back, that kind of thing. But I mean, on and on and on. It's like people that always are, oh, just going through rough times. Well, you're always going through rough times. It's weird because everybody else around you seems to be going through the same economic cycle, the same political cycle, the same, and yet doing just fine. So again, we need to check our, um, maybe our, our wisdom meter, our wisdometer. You heard that first here, by the way, wisdometer. Um, so verse 5 says, a false witness will not go unpunished. He who breathes out lies will not escape. We have spent much time talking about how God is very adamantly against lying, against being a false witness. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's over and over in the book of Proverbs. It's one of the things the Lord hates. Uh I mentioned twice, actually, in Proverbs 6, where it talks about the, the things that the Lord hates. So he he's not big on that. And what is this? I, mean, I don't want to get too far off track here, but when we are dealing with deception and lying and darkness, that is the devil's realm. That is Satan's realm. That is where Satan works. That is where he works operates. He is the father of lies, and when we are people who lie, we are not truthful, we don't have integrity, we are very much in Satan's camp, and so God is very much against it. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, Verse 6, many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts, right? Kind of going back to the, um, the verse before, and it is good to be generous. It is good to to uh, have a heart for the truly in need, those truly in need, um, those who are uh, truly maybe less fortunate than us, and we, we can have a heart for them to try and lift them up, bring them up. Sometimes that's helping them with some money, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's helping them, you know, kind of overcome some things or give them some opportunities rather than just doling out money, because if you give somebody who is a fool. A whole bunch of money they're going to be a fool with a whole bunch of money and then shortly thereafter they will be a fool without a whole bunch of money okay that's just the way the cycle would work so with some money needs to come some wisdom maybe some some ideas about work ethic or maybe some ideas about hey you know saving versus wise investing versus consumption right a lot of economic wisdom so there's a lot of things there, and a lot of things that we should be able to um, help people with, and we should be people who are generous, not just with our money. Right? Some people are generous with their money, but they wouldn't give people time of day. That's not very, you know, that's not very good. Just throw somebody a buck. Generosity should be, uh, I, I would say, godly generosity is something that we're, we're actually looking to better that person, to help that person, to edify them, build them up. Um, verse seven: All a poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him again on this um, on this idea of you know it, we we shouldn't seek to be poor like oh I there's a, there's a virtue in having no money that that there's no there's no virtue there is no virtue in having no money and there is no vice in having money the the issue with Jesus when he said you know it's hard for a rich person to make it in the kingdom of God uh, that's because a lot of times they will depend on their wealth. But someone who depends on Jesus, someone who has their their sort of eternal outlook and priorities in the proper place, uh, no, there, there's nothing virtuous about having no money. <laughs> there's nothing virtuous about that. And so we we should know that from the Scriptures, and we should— uh, properly properly align ourselves with God and prioritize the things of God and put our priorities in the right place like God wants us to, but then we we should seek to work hard and, and build wealth and have to bless the kingdom of God, to bless people around us, right? It's very difficult to be a very generous person if you got nothing to offer. So, um, uh, then it goes on to say he he pursues them with words, but does not have them. Right, so well, they're talking. They're oh, I want for I want I want people to hang around and keep stay around. They're like, yeah, I know. Peace out, dude. Um, then then verse eight. Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. Now, we we need to be people who do value our soul and especially the eternal state where that soul is going to remain for eternity the eternal state for eternity, I guess that's redundant, but you know what I mean, so it's like in the New Testament, where the guy says, hey, I'm going to build bigger barns, I'm going to have all this stuff, and then I'm going to say, hey, soul, take your rest, take your ease, you're good to go, that's where the Lord said, you're a fool, this is a problem, tonight, you're you're going to be toast, and uh, then where, where's all this stuff going to go, then what, right, your soul needs to be the first thing on your mind. It needs to be the first priority. Um, and so we, if we have good sense and we have understanding, then we will uh, keep that in mind and we will seek the good. We will seek wisdom for what is good and what is righteous. Verse 9, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. Um, so let's read verse 5 again. A false witness will not go unpunished, And he who breathes out lies will not escape. So this is pretty much the exact same thing. Um, Again, God is very serious about lying. Very serious about it. And so we need to be people who are also serious about being um, people of integrity and of truth. Verse 10, it is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less for a slave to rule over princes. What? Oh no, I thought it was virtuous to... To, to To have nothing, no. When we are foolish, and we uh, we are uh, we we don't have much to offer. We don't know much about the way things work. Right? If you have a business and you put somebody who's just a you know good old person, they're just such a nice nice lady or nice man, but they're they're a fool. They don't know anything about that business. That business is going to tank eventually. Um, And and so we need to value uh, when people have knowledge, have understanding, have wisdom, have expertise. Um, We live in a culture again that you know. Watch a YouTube video for for five minutes, or maybe you stuck in there for the long form, you know, fifty minute video. You don't know what somebody who you know who has ten years of experience in that uh, knows. You, You you know maybe a lot more than someone who didn't watch that video. You know, listen to that podcast. But you just, you, you can't, you, you can't put them on the same plane. And a lot of times we do, we need to, we need to, we need to watch out for that. Now, I will say this. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I you know, YouTube videos, I love learning and stuff. So I'm not against that at all in any way, shape or form. But we do need to understand the value of, you know, people who are masters in their craft or their trade or whatever it might be. Um, what do we got? Uh, I lost my place. Uh yes, verse 11. Sorry about that. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So, when we have with that wisdom, we're walking in wisdom, we're walking with, you know, righteousness, good sense, we try to curb that anger, you know, you feel it rising up in you you feel it uh, we try to curb that and not allow ourselves to get angry we make bad decisions when we're angry we fly out the handle we get emotional instead of logical and thinking things through from a from a um, you know a a wisdom perspective and it's more of a feeling reactionary perspective not a good thing and it's right here in the bible right god knows this is not a good thing and he tries to tell us that's not a good thing so don't don't do it (laughs) Um, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So again, um, people who are, people who are easily offended, um, uh, what can you, what can you say about this? How do I say this and not go on a tangent for like, you know, 30 minutes, but when we're easily offended, that shows a, a lack of maturity. It shows a lack of maturity. we care what people think too much we care what you know what others think about us too much. We are not mature. we do not have a handle on our emotions. we do not have a handle on um, uh, being able to think rationally and so offense kind of settles in we get mad we get angry we get upset we get emotional whatever it is and this is never looked looked upon in in, in a good light in scripture ever. And so we need to be people who do not do that. People with good sense, people who are pursuing wisdom, they learn to get over offense. They learn to be slow to get angry about things. And that's just the way it is. Verse 12, A king's wrath is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Uh, yeah, those in authority, <laughs> if you can have their favor, obviously getting it with integrity and <clears throat> all that stuff. But... You know, it's good to be uh, on the right side of, of somebody's um, somebody's favor when they're in a position of you know authority of rulership and so we should try to do that. the Bible says as much as live as much as um, it is up to you try to live peaceably with um, with other people and uh, it says to pray for your rulers um, so that we can live right, quiet and peace peaceful lives in um, righteousness godliness these things we we should want that we should want to have the the king's favor as much as we can but not sacrificing the kingdom of God the things of God the priorities of the Lord to achieve that once they you know once those things sort of require you know us to sacrifice principles of God's kingdom that's at that point, sorry it's got to be the principles of God's kingdom and the king's favor is just going to take a back seat um, verse 13 a foolish son is ruined to his father and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain talking about family relationships we've talked about having foolish children and how it can be a grief to you know the mother the father and then you know a a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain I'm I'm not a wife I will just say this. Uh, and this is not marriage counseling either, <laughs> so just a nice Proverbs 19. Um, but listen, nobody likes a nag. Nobody likes somebody that's nagging, 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 nagging. Now I, I'm not. I'm not trying to put off and say, oh, it's only women that nag. No, a uh, husband that just nags, or a husband maybe is not a nag, but you know, it gives those little sly comments. Putting somebody down, trying to get them to do something, trying to get maybe trying to get them to be better at something or, or, or rise up, but instead of doing it in an encouraging way, doing it in a in a in a negative way that's really kind of like nagging. Um, it just doesn't go over well. We should not do that. Ha- sit down, have somebody, have a con- have somebody, have a conversation with someone. Tell them what's going on. Tell them what you're seeing. Tell them, hey, this is frustrating to me, or this is disappointing to me, or, right, that is much better than nagging, 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 nagging. It's a continual dripping. Drip, 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 drip. And eventually, right, that leaky roof is going to get fixed. That drip is going to, they're going to get rid of it. Now, that may be, you know, they're married, not going to get divorced because this person's a nag. I should have known they were a nag when I got together. But maybe that means they're just going to tune you out. They're just not going to ever listen. Every time you're nagging, it's just going to have the opposite effect. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Not good. Okay? Not good. Husband or wife. Or really anybody. Just don't nag. (laughs) Just don't be a nag. Verse 14. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Um, So, putting things in priority, right? Who you marry is going to be a much bigger impact on your life on on your future really than what your profession is and so we need to get those things straight and we need to be people who are you know much more adamant i would say about a decision like who i'm going who who i'm going to marry than even the career i'm going to take and we should be very thoughtful about both of those very thoughtful um take it to god very prayerful get opinions look into things you know, do research. I mean, this is all, you know, don't just be like, oh yeah, you know, somebody said this is a good career, so I'm going to go for it, right? How much less should we do that? Oh, this person is just, they batted their eyes just the right way, you know, they they, they just, oh, they made my heart melt the first time I met them and they just said all the right things and it's just, no, it ah, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It needs to be a long, um, rigorous process of vetting, vetting, right? The vetting process for someone to be president of the United States for four years is extensive, supposed to be anyway. Uh, how much more the vetting process of somebody you're going to give your life to, they're going to be with you by your side, right? Helping raise your children in every decision you make. That is a massive deal. It's a massive deal. We should take it massively seriously. Um, all right, so verse fifteen: slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. When we're lazy, we're we're we, lazy equals foolish equals poor. That is the way it's going to happen. That is the way it's going to happen. Doesn't mean every person that doesn't have a bunch of money is lazy, but lazy will lead to poverty, and lazy is one hundred percent a uh, a virtue of the foolish. So, we need to be people who are uh serious about our work ethic. That doesn't mean you got to be a workaholic, but it does mean have a good work ethic. Don't be just idle just sitting around letting time pass you by. You know, I like video games, right? For instance. And um, but if if all our if all our time is spent on that, all every bit of free time, every bit of, I mean that, you know, maybe we should Sit back and evaluate a little bit. May, put it in its proper place. It's it's entertainment. Maybe it's fun. Maybe give some time to it. But that you know that shouldn't be like you know hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. It just shouldn't be because what's it doing now? If you you know play video games for a living, that is your work. Well, I guess that would be different, right? But I'm talking about things like entertainment, things like um, you know a hobby. Uh, great, have a hobby, have multiple hobbies, have a dozen of them. But unless those hobbies are things that are going to be like paying your bills and helping to be productive and stuff, they, they need to be put in their, in their correct place and prioritized correctly. Let's not be lazy. Let's not be idle. Verse 16, whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life. He who despises his ways will die. Um, you know, walking in the commands of God, walking in the precepts of the Lord, walking in scriptural principles is the way of life. It just is. And if you go the opposite, it isn't just neutral. It is the way of death. And we need to understand that. And that puts us into that boat of we need to find out what they are. We need to live by them, but we need to understand them. What are they? What are the principles of God's kingdom? What does God want from me? What does he consider wise? And Proverbs is a great place to find that. So here we are in Proverbs 19 talking about it, right? So uh, verse 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deeds. See, God does care about those who are truly poor. Now, biblical poor, biblical poverty, they, they are probably not anywhere near the definition of, you know poverty for the United States, for instance, or even Western culture, but there, there, God does have a heart for people who are truly poor, people who are truly, um, you know, the downcast, uh, you know, people that are lazy and they're poor because they're lazy, and don't want to work. Well, God doesn't have a heart for that person. God says, "Get up and work, you lazy bum." But you know, people who are truly poor. Um, you know, again, through no fault of their own, or 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 things have happened, and they're they're coming along, but they need that help. God is, um, he is a God who wants us to be generous toward those kinds of people, and the reason why, if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, "Man, I don't really know anybody in that boat." That's because. The, it, it let's say the, the poor, the quote-unquote poor from a statistical standpoint or a demographic standpoint in, a, in the United States, let's say it's a 5% of people. Then the true biblically poor is probably a fraction of a percent. It's like a half a percent of people because a lot of people are quote-unquote poor, but that's just because they don't have a certain income level, right? If you make $15,000 a year in the um, United States— Right. Um, Minimum wage is what, 15 bucks an hour. Uh, Let's just say 15 bucks an hour, different, different places. Let's say $15 an hour. Uh, Let's say $10 an hour. Okay. Easy math. Uh, Full-time employment at $10 an hour is roughly $20,000 a year gross. Well, the average, the average annual income worldwide is like 10,000. Okay, so when someone is making ten dollars an hour, I mean, they in the United States, they're, you know, they're just like barely getting by. Right. But are they truly poor? No. I mean, the rest of the world, they're making double what the rest of the world is. Right. So, you know, again, we have to we have to put on our scriptural glasses, our logic glasses, and not our emotional feeling glasses when we're talking about stuff like this. But that said, we do need to recognize God has a heart of generosity for the poor, for the fatherless, for the widow. He does. But we just need to not put it in our We don't need to use scriptures and put it into our Western cultural definition. And be like, see, God supports this program over here for the quote-unquote fatherless or the quote-unquote, you know, widow, right? Um, Some girl that's in and out of relationships constantly, uh, you know, in and out of bed with different dudes, has two or three kids in tow. You know, doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to listen, off to the next guy. That is not the person that God is talking about. That has this deep heart to help that that lady. No, that lady needs to repent, get straight, learn God's principles, and then God has a heart for her. Right? That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. Now, again, that could be a guy. That could be bad business decisions, I just use that as an example because God has a heart for the widow. He has a heart for the orphan. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on here before I get myself into too much trouble. Uh, yes, 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 here's another one. I'm, I said I'm not, you know, so I can get myself out of trouble, and then I'm going to get myself right back into trouble with verse 18. Verse 18 says, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Wait, putting him to death. What do you mean? Well, when the Bible says discipline, it doesn't just mean like have a have a heart-to-heart talk and maybe maybe take away um, their phone for you know a couple of hours. Okay, the Bible means discipline them. Uh, it. The Bible is very clear that discipline for children needs to happen. The parents are the ones who need to be um, the primary. Um, Overseers of such discipline. It's not on the school teacher. It's not on the Sunday school teacher. uh, It's not go watch, you know, the pastor's podcast. It's no, no. The parents are the ones who should be disciplining their children, raising them up, training them up, training them. And part of training is discipline. And part of discipline is correction, um, punishment. These are, these are part of the discipline uh, process of making a disciple, just like in a church, where there's church discipline, there's correction, there's there's yes, exhortation and love and all that stuff, and then there's correction and love, right? Um, just like that, it's the same thing in a household with children. So we need to understand that. Verse nineteen: A man of great wrath will pay the penalty. For if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. Okay, they need to learn, learn to control emotion, learn to control anger. Learn to control getting offended; these kinds of things, uh, just all over the Bible, all over the Bible, all over the Bible. You can't, you can't hardly really pick up, you know, one book of the Bible and not there be something in there about getting control. Or if it's not sort of didactically taught, the example that's given, right? Somebody's life, you see what they're doing, you see how it turns out, and man, if they had control of these things, maybe it wouldn't happen. It's just, it's all over the Bible. So we should learn from that and we should do it, right? So uh, speaking of you know, listen and, and do it, uh, verse verse 20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Now, again, we're 19 chapters in, and the book of Proverbs says this over and over and over. We should be people who are wise, and that means we want to hear instruction. We want to be corrected. We want to get understanding. And then what? We want to do it. We want to attach ourselves to people and learn from people and submit ourselves to people that are wise, that, that, are, you know, that, that are mature, that are balanced, that can teach us and train us and uh, all of those things. We should want that. Now, I can tell you 80% of people, maybe more, uh, do not want to do that. They don't want to listen. They don't want to be corrected. Certainly don't want to submit themselves to somebody's oversight and teaching. And guess what? They pay the price. They make the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, they'll never get ahead. They'll never get out of the the, the, you know, the hamster wheel they find themselves in. And this is why Proverbs so often comes back to, we you should, you should be listening to advice. You should be getting instruction. You should be growing in wisdom, understanding all these things. You should. The question is, will you? Verse 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We mortals and our plans, right? <laughs> we have our plans. We have our, there's nothing wrong with a plan. We should include God in every one of those. You should be at the forefront of that. We should, you know acknowledge him in all our ways, but we do have our plans. But guess what? It's the Lord's purpose that's going to stand ultimately. And this is why like Jesus, we should echo the prayer of Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. And it just it will turn out a lot better if we're flexible and we can flex right along with what God's will. Oh, we got off track here. We weren't really aligned with God on that. We need to be flexible and say, All right, I'm gonna toss, I'm gonna get back on track with what God wants. Uh, that's how our plans will be the the best suited. But we can certainly have things, and sometimes God has a range of hey, I want you to be over here in this area, but you you know there's five options. Go for it. Um, you know, there you go. So, verse 22. What is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. Well. We we are people that want community. We want fellowship with others. We do want to love and be loved generally, and um, we we have that desire, and we should seek after it in a godly way, a godly fashion. Pursue it in a godly way, and I think really a kingdom minded uh, body of believers, you know, the ecclesia is the best place to have that happen because you're going to have that mutual love fellowship, affection, Um, yes, submission, correction, all that stuff too, but that's all part of being part of a loving body, Um, you know, and then a poor man is better than a liar, I mean, amen and amen, right, better to, you know, be poor than to be an abomination to the Lord, right, so verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has has it rests satisfied, he will not be visited by harm, so again, the fear of the Lord a very huge topic and focus or focal point in the book of Proverbs. We've talked a lot about it. And when we fear the Lord, it doesn't mean like constant dread, like he's you know going to just hit us with a lightning bolt, but it means to revere him, his ways, his opinion, his desire for us, his purpose. And then what? We do it. We we, we seek after that and follow after that. Verse 24, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back his mouth, right? Bible does, doesn't have a lot of good things to say about laziness, right Being a slugger, not having a good work ethic, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. And we need to realize that and not be people who are, you know depending on, quote unquote, the government to supply our needs. Um, we're, we're not dependent on society, to uh, you know, pay our bills, and it's everybody else's responsibility to take care of me and my family because I've had this thing in my background. And now you know, forever now and forevermore, I should be on the the public dole or whatever. That just isn't it. Isn't what God wants now. Charitable programs, things to help people get on their feet, uh, help people you know learn a skill, you know, get a, get a good job. Um, you know, learn and grow and develop in areas where they, where they you know, they didn't have it before. Maybe they had bad parents. Maybe they were a true orphan. They didn't have parents to kind of bring them up and show them the way. All these things are great, right? Programs and and charitable endeavors and again, a church body that can help this, um, help with this. But ultimately, right, we can't be people that just kind of set back and be like, well, you know, I've had stuff happen. So now I can just be a sluggard. That is not a sluggard. That is not. Um, that's not the right way. Verse twenty-five. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding, and he will gain knowledge. Um, Yeah. Well, when punishment gets doled out, uh, then even you, you know even the simple, they're going to learn. Um, Reprove a man of understanding, and he will gain knowledge. And again, those of understanding, when they're corrected, they they grow from it. They they. Oh, okay. Wow. I, You know, got a little correction, got a little burn right there. And, um, you know, but I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to be even wiser because of it. Verse 27 Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Boom. There it is right there. When we don't want to hear instruction, when we don't want to be submitted, when we don't want people speaking into our lives that we're going to, hey, you know what? They corrected me, and that is right. And I'm going to take it and move on and grow from it. Uh, when we stop doing that, guess what? We are moving away from knowledge. We're moving away from wisdom. We're moving away from God. We're moving away from uh, all the things that we're talking about here in the book of Proverbs, verse twenty-eight: A worthless witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. Uh, again, God is a God of justice. He is a God of you know true biblical scriptural equity. Um, I know again that, that word gets perverted in our modern culture, but it is something that God is about. And justice is one of those things. There's no uh, qualifier for it. it. doesn't have to be social justice. It's no just justice. it's justice. Um, when you tack on modifiers generally it it, it becomes not justice. Uh, I would say I would say social justice is really injustice. Um, we need to have justice have justice across the board um and god is about that but you know people who uh people who you know are a worthless witness when um, people are wicked they they do not want justice they they want iniquity they want um injustice and they might just because they call it justice well it's not so god is a god of justice Verse twenty nine, condemnation is ready for scoffers and beating for the backs of fools. So you know, again, letting us know, right? At the end of the day, we're gonna we, we can walk around in our foolishness, but we are gonna pay the the price eventually. It, we're it's gonna be extracted from us, right? Um, we are gonna pay the piper. You know, you, we when we walk in foolishness, we walk in unrighteousness, we walk in iniquity. Um we are eventually, we are going to pay the piper. It's going to happen. We, it's going to come back to us. Um, reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, this, this is this is um, a very valuable insight and principle in the kingdom of God. We're going to reap what we sow. And so we need to sow good things. And good things in this context is to be people of understanding, knowledge, wisdom, we, we want instruction we want correction we want to instill that in others we want to train people we want to um, operate in wisdom and righteousness these are just things that we should aspire to and we should push for and we should do them so that really concludes proverbs chapter 19 that is 29 verses and we are finished and next uh next week we will be into the 20s Kicking it off with Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1. So, uh, hope this has helped you. Don't forget, breadbuckers.com. Check us out. You can also give to the ministry there. If we are blessing you and you feel led, you know, hey, you know what? I want to throw some money at this uh, ministry to help get it out there, help spread this word. And uh, we would appreciate that very much. Facebook, YouTube, all those places. So, uh, we're going to call it quits right here god bless love you guys and we will catch you on the next episode